Welcome to Honest Money, your best guide to financial freedom. I'm Warren Ingram, the author of a few best-selling books, and I'm also an award-winning financial planner, and I've helped thousands of people on their journey to financial freedom. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I am here to share my experience and the best ideas that I've learned, and I hope these ideas help you on your journey to financial freedom. Welcome to Honest Money. I think it's a really exciting episode for 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 some of us, and and maybe a, a demystifying, potentially a scary experience for for the rest of our, our listeners. I'm I'm really excited to to introduce you to Andre Botma, who is a, a tax guru. Um, you know, he's he's certainly available on on Twitter under Andre Botma Tax. Um, and and I guess Andre, uh, one of your passions uh, and, and one of the reasons why we reached out to you was because you're you're someone who actually wants to teach people about tax in South Africa. And more to the point, you're one of the outliers that actually finds this stuff interesting and exciting. Yeah, no, that's that's hundred percent true. Um, I mean, I don't know how it started, but I was I was a bookkeeper for for three years, and then the tax manager at the firm pulled me aside and she said, you know you can do this tax stuff. Maybe you should give it a shot. And so that's where my journey started. And um, yeah, I'm very passionate about teaching teaching tax to the average Joe, the average Joe, uh, the average South African. So, so at the moment, uh, you you give tax advice. You do that as a job. Um, you, you're 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 running on Twitter as well. Then and then you were telling me as well that off air that you're a content creator for Banker X as well. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great. So, I mean, you know, like why have one role when you can have multiple? I guess that's the, the modern age. Yeah, I feel like the the um, the creative space uh, is is something that I that I like doing because because tax can be very monotonous. It's always the same numbers. It's always the same clients each year in the job. So it's nice to um, to connect to people on social to connect with people on social media and to have a creative outlet through Bankrex. So. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. So, so let let's get into it. Uh, we're talking about tax, and I think maybe uh, I, I wanted to start with with how we can keep ourselves out of jail and out of uh, out of paying penalties to SAR. So, what are the some of the really big sort of tax mistakes that 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 people make? I think I think one of the biggest things is a lot of people or some people have this head in the sand uh, scenario where they want to avoid SARS and they want to. Um, if I just stay away from SARS, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fine. But then what I've seen is people don't submit their tax returns for three, four years, and then when they're supposed to catch up their tax returns, become compliant, they realize that the problem is growing. Then they sit with a, tax, a potential tax bill of eighty thousand rand, hundred thousand rand. Where each year, if you just submit your tax return each year, the tax bill might be ten grand. But if you leave it for five years, um, obviously, it accrues penalties and um, potential penalties and an interest for all the unpaid taxes. So that's one big thing: is not submitting your tax returns ahead in the sand scenario. Another thing, which I think is, uh, I mean, it's part of a, it's more a systematic problem, but it's more not realizing what tax benefits you have as an individual. What can you, what can and can't you deduct? for tax purposes, like a retirement annuity being one of the best uh, tax saving vehicles, um, tax deductible donations, medical aid tax credits. If you use the vehicle for um, you know, for travel allowance, you must keep a logbook. If you don't keep a logbook, you can't get your 
uh, a tax deduction for it. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and then also, I think the third mistake I think people make is they glorify um, the tax saving inside a company. Now, I understand there's, there's obviously benefits of having a, a, CIPC, a CIPC registered company, but there's this misnomer where a company has a 28% flat tax. But if you're a sole director, sole shareholder, and the only employee of that company, in order to take the money out, you either need to pay yourself a salary or you need to pay yourself dividends. And if you pay yourself dividends, the, the tax end up being 42,4%, which, which, which almost doesn't be you know, the 45% tax bracket. And, um, and that's specifically because you don't have, because you're the company. So I think that's a misnomer and bad advice is where you start your own company thinking that you're gonna save on taxes. Um, yeah, so those are definitely three things that I would uh, can comment on. Yeah. Okay, and and I must say, um, you, you know, often talking to people around uh, around tax, I think one of the other big mistakes they make is that they they do things, they either do investments or they come up with structures specifically to avoid paying tax. And and um, you know, if you if you really don't want to pay tax when it comes to investments, and I'm not talking about a retirement uh, a retirement fund, I think that is a very good uh, w way to save tax, uh, and a very healthy way if you're paying the right costs. But but you know, if you if you don't want to pay tax, you know, just go and make a really lousy investment and lose all your money. And th you know, that's a fantastic way not to pay tax, right? Uh, yeah, the, but, the, a, a good example is the Section 12J investment. Yeah, because, exactly. I mean, people people love that structure, but. The problem is it was marketed at, at being this 100% tax deduction, but what a lot of these VCC companies did not do is they didn't tell you about the five-year clawback. So you are tied into this investment for five years, and if the investment underperforms and you sell the investment, you, write, you have to recoup the, the amount that you've written off and include that in your taxable income. So that's a good example of people wanting to get that big tax deduction, but then they, um, but, but then they could be shafted it's a, if it's a bad investment. Yeah, and and uh, and I think you know most of the time if someone arrives on on my doorstep to, to sell me an investment, and I say to them, okay, can you tell me about the investment? And their first key selling point is. Uh, you know, I'm going to save you a lot of tax. If that's the first <laughs> thing they're going to tell me about a quality investment, it tells me it's it's probably not a quality investment, uh, because what you should be telling me is it's going to give generate X profits for the next five years, and it's going to do this, and it's going to grow in market mm -hmm. share, and all of these kinds of things. But but if your opening gambit is, gee, I can save you tax in year one, uh, th th then that means you're probably, you, you know, I, I mean, a high quality investment should stand on its own. If it mm -hmm. happens to have some good tax benefits as well, that's wonderful. Uh, yes. and, and I must say that that for me is always the big mistake, I, you know, we, especially when you talk to people that have accumulated a fair amount of capital, you know, the, 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 these kind of tax advisors arrive and say, I'm going to save you a lot of tax because everyone mm -hmm. hates paying tax. I understand that. But uh, but don't do silly things and lose money to save tax. You know, th that doesn't make sense. I, I view capital gains tax or income tax as a performance fee. It means that I've grown things and I'm paying some tax on the growth. That's okay. I don't mind doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Uh, and, and tax for me, uh, I'm busy writing a, a book on tax and a section of um, one of the principles I talk about is that, is that tax is always a second or third order consequence. 
You must never look at SARS, uh, as SARS or tax as the first order consequence of the investments that you make or the financial life decisions that you make because it's a side consequence. The, the main benefit is the first thing. You don't you don't go to uh, yes you go to the um, you go to the gym. The first order consequence is you're going to feel sore, but the second and third consequence is that you're going to feel healthy, and, and so you have to consider the the second and third um, consequence. But with in, with investments, you have to like you said, you know, think about what is the initial, what is the first order benefit, the first order consequence, and then what is the second and third order consequences such as tax and fees, for example. And so I think um, my, my my other big comment for people around uh, around tax mistakes to avoid is is try not to be too complicated. You know, a lot of the time nowadays you'll talk to someone and I'll say, you know, I want to avoid paying estate duty. So I'm going to come up with some clever structure that involves an offshore trust and an offshore pension scheme and all of these things. Um, and get, you know, heavyweight tax opinions. And, and the thing to understand is if you're creating structures specifically and only to avoid tax, you might get away with it in year one or year two. But it's amazing how, um, how not stupid SARS actually is. And eventually they wake up to this stuff and, and they change the, the, the rules or they just enforce the rules a bit more stringently than they, than they might have done. And all of a sudden these very complicated structures that you've put in place start to fall away. Uh, and and mm -hmm. potentially come come back at you with with a vengeance. So so your first comment around don't avoid SARS, I think is is a good one. You know, engage with SARS, do your do your pay your returns, stick to the rules and those kinds of things. But secondly, don't don't specifically do structures only to avoid tax. I think uh, you know SARS gives us a few very legal, very uh, well structured ways to avoid paying tax, and those those are mm -hmm. good. We should take advantage of them. But uh, but, but the moment you got you, you've got some very clever accountant uh, with respect to the accountants or a clever lawyer arriving to say hey i've got a complicated structure for you that are that that's going to save you tax uh, w w watch the space because the, the point is you're going to pay the tax you just don't mm. know when it's going to arrive and it might arrive with with some nasty penalties as well mm. yeah and and, and sauce's first line of defense or one um in the the general avoidance provisions the first the first line of uh um defense is does this make business sense? Meaning, if you did not get the tax benefit, would you still create the structure? And that, that's why local trusts are still used to today to, to mitigate uh, estate duty. It's local. Uh, uh, many people do it for asset protection reasons. That's why it's still, uh, and it's much cheaper than foreign trusts or uh, a complicated structure. And often the accounting fees or the, the fees, uh, the lawyer fees and setting up the structure can often uh, cost um, an arm and a leg to get it set up. But again, the argument is those with the money can pay for it. But yeah, um, keeping it simple has been my way of, uh, of dealing with people's taxes in general for the last uh, 10 years now. So, so then let's get to to some of the things that people should be doing. What what are some of the things that uh, that, that we can do to to be clever with with tax? Uh, the, the things that we should know about. Yeah, I think the I think the first the first thing to try is uh, is at least get yourself educated if you can. There's there's obviously um, there's my YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, mine is not the only YouTube channel, but. Uh, SARS website, there's a lot of answers or questions on SARS website that you can immediately go to and, and educate yourself. Um, get onto Twitter because there's a lot of talk on 
you know, on, on taxes on Twitter as well. So the first thing is edu educate yourself, know and understand what, where, do you, where does your tax um, go to, uh, why are you paying it? Because I think if people know why they're paying for something, or imagine not paying tax and what would happen to our country if, if government would, would receive no tax revenue for the next two or three years, what would happen as a country? You know, um, there's no pensions for the for the elderly. Public schools will 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 dry will dry up. So there's no education for uh, secondary or primary education. Universities will have. So think about those things that your tax money is actually paying for. But in terms of, you know, things that people can do to save on taxes, like I said, uh, get a, get yourself a retirement annuity if you don't have one. Um, a, a low cost retirement annuity as a, a to to save on some taxes and get the, get financial advice to you know to get the right one for you um, for individuals that that's a very easy and basic one to get um, again if you get a travel allowance keep a logbook um, also a big one uh, turnover tax is a thing that people have forgotten about or seem to have forgotten about if you're a qualifying uh, company or individual that's got a business and it falls within the um, the framework of turnover tax, you can say uh, up to a million rand of turnover, your tax is only going to be about 16,000 rand a year compared to if you had it in your personal capacity or you had it in a company structure, the tax might have been around uh, 250,000 for up to you know a million rand. So turnover tax is a great um, Tax regime, also small business corporation. That's another um, another another um, corporate tax benefit that people can register as. I think another one that people like is rental properties. Rent the the only downside about rental properties and um, is that in the initial the first three to five years, uh, rental properties don't really make a profit, but it's a great vehicle to grow your um, to grow your your net worth uh, over time, and you can mitigate the tax effect for uh, for and until you want to pay off your uh, your rental properties. Um, yeah, those are those are a few things. Okay, so uh, so so let's let, let's uh, let's hit the property one uh, first. I want to I want to go backwards in order a little bit. So so the the property one. Uh, I mean, we we've certainly had people on the show in the past that have made very good money out of doing rental properties uh um, you know buy to let properties and and i certainly i'm not i'm not dismissing it as a as a type of or style of investment and and potentially with with the tax benefits that you're talking about but i think our first comment does apply as well here right so so be careful when you make a big investment like that that you're not um doing it to save tax and actually end up making a lousy investment with property make sure you've chosen the right property do your homework mm -hmm. um, make sure you understand tenants understand cash flow you know the worst thing is that you owe the bank a lot of money and then you don't have a tenant or your tenant hijacks the property and you you haven't got cash flow to cover the the emergencies that come in and maintenance and all of those things so so i like it i think it's a good um it's a good it's a good strategy for people that do their homework that understand the thing it's not a no-brainer uh, and mm -hmm. it's it's certainly not a risk-free way of investing. You know, I think there are lots of people that now that own some rental properties. You know, in post-COVID world, that are burning uh, and would love to have a tax problem of paying too much tax at the moment, but but they don't because they don't have tenants and they've got bonds. Uh, yeah. So so it's a big one that I think just to be careful when, when you make those decisions. Yeah, my my comment about rental properties is remember that it's not a passive income; it's a very much an active 
business that you are taking on in addition to whatever whatever you're doing in your life. Because uh, even even if you have an agent that's managing the property for you, that is still yours. You must still cover the uh, repairs and maintenance. You must have a sizable emergency fund to to cover for capital uh, capital losses or you know. Um, and what happens, like you said, you know, if you have a bad tenant or things like that. So definitely things to look to look out for. Um, it's not the. I mean, I know South Africans love their rental properties, but it's not the be all and end all. No, and and then I think uh, I think we're hundred percent in agreement, you and I, on on you know an RA or a retirement fund in general is a very good investment, provided you choose one that 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 is very low cost and that's efficiently managed. Um, I, I hate ones that, that that lock me into a contract. So if I'm going to my my own retirement fund is a pay as you go, I can move it at any time to another retirement fund provider if I needed to. Uh, and, I, and I make sure that those costs are, are limited. The, the one that, um, th- that I think I wanted to add, um, I feel like I've got nothing to add to the show, you're covering it so well, but is definitely uh, t- tax-free savings accounts for me is a no-brainer. You know, I think, yeah. uh, again, low cost, again, make sure you've got the right underlying investment. Don't, you know, don't go and put it all in a current account or a fixed deposit and think that uh, your tax-free is the right place to be. It should be in something that's high growth uh, and, and designed for long-term, but, but definitely... Um, Definitely a no-brainer. You know, if you've got a, uh, if you've got money and you, uh, to save every month, splitting it evenly between a tax-free and, a, and, an, and an RA to me makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. No, I love tax-free account. I think that the the one thing that it's not fully tax-free, not hundred percent, because it does form part of your estate duty. So it does form part of your assets for estate duty, and then also if you get foreign dividends within the tax-free savings account. Um, then there will be foreign dividend implications there. Thank you. I think that's a um, it's a fine detail point that a lot of us would miss. I, I certainly forgot about the foreign dividend part. So th- yeah, that a uh, good good point. That uh, I guess one of the ways to be careful with uh, with an overseas based investment in your tax free is choosing um, uh, you know the style of unit trust where they don't pay out dividends. They just accumulate everything as capital. Uh, and and you know they, I think the category of funds in those instances are called accumulation funds overseas. Um, and then, if the local unit trust owns an accumulation fund uh, inside your tax free, you, you should you should be limiting your foreign dividends there. Um, one one I always wonder about, and and maybe you can help us, is if you uh, um, if you've got children, is it possible for your parents, in other words, the children's grandparents, to pay for your kids' education? Um. Yeah, so there, there, there is a special section. So if so if I'm so you were asking if uh, can grandparents pay for the education of the kids? Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a special uh, exclusion under donations tax, which is basically called the 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 the, the maintenance exclusion, which means that um, I don't uh, pay donations tax if I'm maintaining my wife. If my wife uh, is is a stay at home mom and I maintain her. Uh, I don't have to pay donations taxes. Sim- similar thing with my kids. And if the grandparents can cash flow for uh, the children's education, that I would, I would, um, I would see that in my tax opinion. <laughs> I would see that as a as a as a um, as a tax exempt uh, donation from the grandparents to the kids. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't see that as having donations tax implications. 
So that's a, a, a great tip for a lot of uh, parents who are who maybe are struggling with uh, financially at the moment and and you know look, looking for ways to to get a bit of help from the from the grandparents. That might be a, a, a nice way. But uh, but I mean I think we'll probably both say that you and me, Andre. But be, be careful. You know the the grandparents should pay those fees directly. In other words, not do not pay it to the parents. Uh, give them the cash and then say to the parents, "Hey, you go and pay. Uh, you go and pay the school fees." Yeah, I, I, th I think the, uh, the 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 wording is important. It must be a, a bona a bona fide maintenance, so it must actually be for for that thing that you're paying it for. It can't be, um, you know, because because if if it flows through from uh, to the parents, the parents might do something else with the money and then use only a part of it to pay for the education. So then you have a bit of a um, a problem there. All right, I'm, I'm I'm conscious of our time, Andre. So so we uh, this thing has flown by. I thought I thought this would be an interesting one talking about tax, and I wasn't wrong. Um, if there is if there is one thing you would want uh, someone to know by the end of this uh, this show, what what is that one one piece of advice that you'd love to give? Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest one is don't be afraid of SARS. The thing is, SARS all all SARS expects of you is taxpayer honesty. So, and, and what you declare to SARS, as long as what you declare to SARS is for you, that's, that's, that's correct, and SARS comes back and they don't have issues with you, um, then you're fine. Because I think there's a lot of things in mainstream media with SARS, where, where they make SARS feel um, like this big monster that's, that's after any, everybody, and you're going to go to jail, you're going to get fined, but it's, but it's all scary talk you know it's uh SARS isn't this you know they, they they're not a jailer that's not their job um yes people do get jailed yes people do get fined but that's if you've stepped so far out of the line um just be compliant and yeah don't be afraid of SARS don't be afraid of dealing with them yeah and 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 if you're a, if you're a dodgy uh person practicing corruption for the last decade or two, uh, you should be very scared of SARS and, and, and I hope you go to jail. Uh, <laughs> on, 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 that, uh, on that note, um, I, I just want to give you a shout out, Andre. I think, uh, you know, follow Andre um, on Twitter. It's Andre Botmatax. Your, your YouTube channel, you, you didn't give us a punt there. What's that called? Uh, Andre Botmatax. So you can oh, just right. search oh, there you go. Andre Botmatax. Okay, fantastic, uh, Andre. Thank you so much. That was really, um, uh, really interesting. Uh, you know, talking about tax can be scary and often boring, but but you made it uh, uh, exciting for me, and that, and that's that's unusual. <laughs> I, I appreciate you on our show, and and thanks so much. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.